0: Sorry, can't say. What's that word you use? (sighs) Spoilers. I like that word.
1: Hello and welcome to Spoiler Nation, the podcast where we have spoiler-filled discussions on your favorite and not-so-favorite movies and TV shows. My name is Howie and I'm the Senior Editor at IsolatedNation.com and joining me is... Reese, the Han Solo to my Chewbacca. Oh, are you Chewie in this scenario? I am Chewie because, you know, all I do is grunt. Does that mean you don't need acting lessons? (laughs) And I need acting
2: lessons. Uh, Anyway, we're not just talking about Han Solo, though. We're doing Deadpool 2. And I think we should actually lead with that one because I feel like we have more to say with Han Solo... I mean, yeah, we have more to say with Han Solo than Deadpool.
1: Yes, today we're going to dive deep into Solo, a Star Wars story. Oh, that title just rolls off
2: the tongue, doesn't it?
1: (laughs) Catchy. Very catchy. Very memorable. But before that, you know, we'll give a brief review of Deadpool 2. Hit it! There's this kid.
2: He's in trouble.
0: Move or die.
2: Pump the hate breaks, Thanos.
0: I ain't letting Cable get to him. But I can't do this alone. We need backup. We're gonna form a super duper fucking group. It's time to get back on LinkedIn.
2: Yeah, sounds good. My thoughts on the first Deadpool is that I don't think I liked it as much as everybody else did. I thought it was okay. I I thought it was pretty funny in spots and the action was uh, quite fun when it wasn't clearly completely CGI. But... One weird thing that bothered me about it was the very sort of basic origin story that took place in, like, three locations. That's true. And I know they had a limited budget and whatnot, but I I found it, like, really kind of trite, even though they were making fun of it the whole time. So it felt sort of disingenuous. (laughs) Like, it's following this really straightforward story and making fun of it in a way that's kind of how you'd expect.
1: Yeah, I've been hearing this criticism... From a lot of people, actually, that you know, they I guess it's like contradictory that Deadpool 2 criticizes the comic book superhero while indulging like every
2: fucking convention, yeah, especially with his girlfriend being kidnapped at the end, like that was old in Spider Man 3, nearly a decade before Deadpool was released at the end. Yeah, his girlfriend was kidnapped by the main bad guy you Right remember, In the first Deadpool Oh, in the first one Yeah, yes. yeah, 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 yeah Yeah, that's right Yeah, so this is a, a way to segue into this one And I like this one a lot more I'm kind of surprised that people in general seem to prefer the first one Because this one, while it had like a pretty straightforward plot It just felt like there were more surprising elements in there for me And like the humor was way more on point Ryan Reynolds was as good in Deadpool 2 as he was in Deadpool 1 Like I never had a problem with his performance and his portrayal. Like, he clearly gives it everything he has. And especially, like, the new additions for Deadpool 2 with um Zazie Beetz as Domino.
1: Love her. Oh, man. She's, she's so good. I wish
2: she was in it more. That's, like, just one of the few things I, I could have had, you know, more right. of. You know, less jokes and more Domino. In <laughs> my, <there. laughs>
1: my favorite sequence of both Deadpool movies ever is is the whole sequence where he assembles the X-Force.
2: Oh, yeah, like it's an audition? <laughs> yeah. Yes.
1: It's terrific. Then, I mean, that's uh, it's a prime example of what Deadpool does so well, which is to both, like, utilize, you know, uh, comic book tropes and then subverts it.
2: Yeah, because this actually subverts it. Yeah. Like, in a clever way a, that I didn't a see way. coming, to be honest. Yeah, when
1: they all started dying, it was it was amazing.
2: One after the other. Yeah. And each way more horrific than the <laughs> last. Yes. <laughs>
1: and, the, and the fact that there's this guy he has no powers peter R- rob delaney yeah rob delaney, perfect casting perfect casting mm-hmm. but um yeah
2: i found i found this one overall a lot more enjoyable but there was one um element which was like really stale and this is this goes back to comic books from the 80s it was getting stale then and it's when vanessa his girlfriend is like killed at the start and that sort of uh, begins Deadpool's story to save the kid from Cable that's right and yeah. him into that position so in cause you know Deadpool's all comic book references like out the wazoo these movies and they like kill her and the comic book term for that is to fridge a character have you heard of that before? Um, no. Well, let me outline some history for you, okay? Very let's quickly. Do it. it's I'm very, excited. It's pretty interesting. There's a comic book issue that came out, I think, in the mid '90s or the late '90s, where Green Lantern comes home to find his girlfriend chopped into pieces and in his fridge. He finds her chopped into pieces and in his fridge, and like that is like one instance too many of sort of comic book writers um, using the dead girlfriend as like a motivator for the hero. Yes. And yeah. comic book writer Gail Simone termed that moment. The women in refrigerators syndrome, she called that. Uh, that's the trope see, she called it. I see. Yeah. And yeah. so Deadpool used this trope, and not like in like a clever way, like not
1: at all. It was
2: like very straightforward. Yeah.
1: Like, it's weird because this is a prime example of that lends credence to the criticism that it is con- it kind of contradictory in a sense that it makes fun of um, the superhero genre and yet you know wholeheartedly uses a trope. That without
2: commenting on it. Yeah. Like without, doing anything. Without,
1: yet. yeah, criticizing it, without subverting it. It's, yeah. they just blatantly use a well criticized superhero movie trope. Yeah. Or, or even, it's actually not even a superhero movie trope. It's an it's action. Everywhere. Yeah. Action movie yeah. trope. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And it's the funny thing is that there was this interview in Vulture where there's someone's talking to the writers about Deadpool yeah. 2 and they mentioned the fridging thing and they're like, what's that? And it's yeah. like, you're writing this movie. With all these, like, comic book references and all this shit. And you're not, like, aware of that. It, it's really weird. I, I thought, oh, man, the cracks are showing quite it, a bit It
1: was there. strange. And especially in Deadpool 2, they just needed a simple plot where yep. they can, you know, to use as a skeleton. As a backbone for all these, like, uh, you know, hilarious jokes.
2: And these action scenes. Yeah,
1: that's, that's really all they wanted. They wanted a plot that was really simple. Mm. And they went for the easiest one, which is... Dead girlfriend, dead wife.
2: It's actually yeah. um very. I know people talk about Terminator, but this is literally like X Men: Days of Future past, past plot. Yeah, where the hero has to prevent this person from killing one person, which will begin a chain of events that'll lead to like disaster in the future. Yeah, it's, it's the same motivation, like, you know, yeah. which I found interesting, and, and I thought they'd acknowledge that too, but no. <laughs>
1: it's also it also reminds me of Looper. As well, yeah,
2: with the angry kid and with the powers and yeah,
1: with the potential to become evil, yeah, and then you have to do something that's like outside the box to to stop the kid that is not killing that kid, yeah, yeah. And uh, the guy he Deadpool's
2: up against to protect the kid is obviously a Cable by Josh Brolin, Thanos himself, Thanos himself (laughs) playing another like (laughs) gritty bad guy. Yeah, I thought he was. um, Josh Brolin was actually uh, very funny in the movie in like a very understated way and i liked his design and his performance and everything obviously not a deep character no but um quite a nice dig at like the trope of the grizzled anti-hero sort of character yeah
1: i think they do that well in the sense that they kind of poke fun as, at his character without really like diminishing i don't diminish
2: him they just put him in Situations where his dignity is at risk, such as yeah. when Deadpool's baby legs are growing and he has to shake hands with right. baby legs Deadpool. Like that's yeah. a perfect use of his character. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and um I I hope if they they keep him around for like if they're doing another Deadpool and put them more in like a body cop kind of situation. Yeah, because I think they're I quite guess good that, together.
1: That's what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. That's why he stuck around. Yeah, it, yeah exactly. Right?
2: But, um, you know, originally Carl Chandler was going to be Cable.
1: Oh, I can see that. Yeah, that I could He'd too. be really good. Yeah, he
2: could do that, like, gruff sort of duh, fuck this kind of thing that's, really well.
1: That's literally every role that he plays. Yeah, but he has a heart of gold <laughs> yeah, <laughs> underneath it all. But But, it, you know, at least in this context, it would have that. It would be him being foiled by all these other characters yes. in this setting. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he's juxtaposed against something. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But yeah, it's kind of a bummer that yeah, Kyle Chandler, his career, I don't know, he's not going anywhere.
2: Well, Ryan Reynolds really like shoved him out of the role because he pretty really? much had it on a lock. Yeah, Tim Miller was going to do Deadpool two, and they were like well into conceiving the movie. And Ryan Reynolds and Tim Miller really like butted but heads. Butted heads, okay. And the main thing they, one of the main things they butted heads over was Carl um, Chandler as Cable. No way. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Ryan Reynolds just did not want it, and he um, flexed, you know, the power he had now, and and kicked Carl Chandler, and no, like they, he left, like Carl Chandler left, and Tim Miller left because Ryan Reynolds was like, you know, didn't that's want an certain things.
1: Interesting. Wait, what does what did Tim Miller do?
2: Well, Tim Miller, I think in addition. There was actually this interesting thing, because Tim Miller, like, Ryan Reynolds actually sent this tweet right before Deadpool 2 was filming, and it was like this mock poll, like, how many people want more action scenes on bridges? Like, it was like a dig at Tim Miller. (laughs)
1: And
2: And then he deleted the tweet Ryan Reynolds did. A week later, it was announced that Tim Miller was leaving the project and Carl Chandler wasn't going to be cable anymore. And it was just all reconfigured. It was a lot of drama. Wait, what (laughs) what did Tim Miller do? Well, I don't know the particulars. He's just done Deadpool. Like that's the the first one, yeah. uh, Like before that he just did video game stuff, like cinematics.
1: That's so interesting.
2: Yeah. And that's why um the first Deadpool, it had such a low budget, but some of the action scenes Tim Miller got for free because he has a lot of pull with like in the video game industry and right. stuff So they did but some stuff But it works You
1: know It seems like their Partnership worked really well I think it did And then in success the happened
2: And then everyone had a different idea Of what should happen after that uh, I, I find <laughs> it
1: quite interesting That Tim Miller would rather Leave Than mm. have Not Kyle Chandler Play Cable And essentially I don't
2: think it was just like Kyle Chandler right. But that was one thing that was I bet like... there's like A hundred other things I see, But I see. we just know about The Kyle Chandler thing uh, Yeah. But it was um it was sort of yeah interesting because they they were such a they were such great partners for the first Deadpool yeah you know and then they had to re reconfigure it but what we got uh wasn't bad I think the John Wick guy David Leach. He did a great job. I love his
1: introduction in the opening, like in the opening credits where he's like by one of the guys that killed a dog in John Wick.
2: (laughs) Wasn't that like very James Bondian?
1: It was. It was. (laughs) I love that.
2: I actually like the song too. Yeah. It's a Celine Dion song. That's
1: right. And there's a video um, of her, a music video of her singing that song. That's right. Yeah. That Deadpool is also in. Yeah. It's hilarious. Yeah. It was pretty great. They went all out for this one joke and I love that that they did that
2: yeah because like celine dion doing a song for deadpool yeah. sounds like the biggest joke and then you hear the song it's like this is a
1: good song yeah yeah she's <laughs> which the... is funny in itself yeah she's like the adele equivalent right for like what adele did for uh, skyfall yeah oh yeah
2: i could totally see that
1: <laughs> it's hilarious but um, um
2: yeah i thought overall the movie was really well paced as well like the it was like the elements really spread out well, especially when um, Deadpool gets more involved with the X-Men stuff. Yeah. And like there were more of those characters were kind of brought in. I thought it was more engaging, especially because he just rubs against them so well. Like he's, yes. it's, he's somehow at his funniest when he's like contrasted against them
1: yeah i agree especially with um what's his name that russian dude oh colossus colossus that's yeah. right <laughs> love it love it
2: and the, the the stupid recurring joke where one of the japanese x-men she just says hi Wade, and he goes hi yuki <laughs> yeah and like that's it but <laughs> yeah, for some it. reason it's hilarious yeah it's funny <laughs> she's an australian actress too I is she oh, it's crazy oh. yeah i know but um yeah overall thoughts on Deadpool 2 really positive I liked it a lot more than the first one and there's talk of an extended cut with like 20 more minutes and I hope those 20 minutes have more zazy beats as domino.
1: Yeah, I mean she uh this is what I've been like her power set is what I've been wanting to see unfold in the Marvel cinematic universe because you know uh in the mar in the MCU, they're pretty boring with like how they display their characters' powers. It's all just very fight based. It's yeah. very offensive. Yeah. And it was such a pleasure to see, you know, a power set. And this, you know, goes to the strength of you know, the X Men franchise as well, which is how like their powers have have their powers have always been really creatively yeah, realized.
2: they're really more out there. Yeah. Which the movies haven't taken advantage of, because in the Not movies, it's all. just been, like, laser bolts. Yeah, yeah, and they, just, and they have to
1: knock out Storm every yeah. time. Because yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because she's too powerful. Yeah. Um, but I loved seeing... Uh, you know, first of all, I love the joke of like, "Oh, Lucky isn't a superpower." It's like then... cinematic superpower. <laughs> yeah, it won't look good on the screen, and it's <laughs> like right. literally
2: the most cinematic scene. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and and she's the only one that of the new X Force team to survive. Yeah, she is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Zazzy beats amazing. Yeah, from, uh, and she's of course from Atlanta. The TV
2: show, right? Yeah, yeah um, childish
1: Chats... Gambino's TV show.
2: Oh, two Atlanta uh, alumni's in. These movies, wow, that show is really... Now, nah, of course, it's a big show. Have Who's it? the second one? Childish Gambino, in it? <laughs> Even though he, he's in Solo. <laughs> not He's not the oh, second one in Deadpool. Okay, My bad, okay, yeah, he's the right. second one in Solo. But I see. I obviously, like... he invented the show as well.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well. I was like, wait, is uh, Childish Gambino in Deadpool 2? In a, did, did I miss that? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's...
2: I missed Brad
1: Pitt. Oh, so, so good. Did so you good. see that? Yeah, first... yeah.
2: I, oh, I completely. I can't believe I missed that the first time. It's like so brief, he just crashes into the electrical wires he has the vanisher yes and that's right Bill invisible guy.
1: i actually thought the vanisher was like i thought the joke was going to be that there was no one there that's and, what
2: it was they were playing it as yeah and then when you see the floating pack <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, yeah you're just like oh, okay yeah yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, he did the role for a cup of coffee personally delivered by ryan reynolds I was reading an article about that. That's how really Brad, yeah. a cup of That's coffee silly. from Ryan Reynolds, and he did it for scale, which means he just did it for like the minimum wage that actors <laughs> get paid
1: on set. <laughs> yeah, he was on screen for a second. <laughs> yeah, if that he could have had his face CGI'd, in yeah, it. It would he could have could've. made a difference. Yeah. He didn't even have to be on set. <laughs> um, yeah, so you know, if you like, I think if you like the first Deadpool, you're gonna love the second one. Yeah, the plot is a bit. No, it's nothing it's very thin and a little bit problematic especially with what's her name Edging Monica, an,
2: um morena but or something yeah Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah anyway her, yeah
1: his girlfriend's death oh i guess she's alive now
2: well that's the thing it's all his growth is undone when he brings her back yeah now, i guess
1: i guess, well it doesn't like i think how i approach this uh the deadpool franchise i mm. guess at this point yeah is oh it's a comedy It's a full-blown comedy. I'm not really looking for character development.
2: But they try to really hammer home the emotional bits.
1: They do, and I'm like, uh... I mean, it's fine if it's there, but if... If the movie were just like skits of Deadpool well, that, that's has to why, go on yeah. a mission. That's
2: why I want the third one to... I want them to bring back the budget and just do like a road movie or something like yeah, that.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't have cared if this was just, oh, Deadpool is hired to kill uh, some people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, And, you know, because the the fun of it are the jokes.
2: He's basically bug, R-rated Bugs Bunny or yeah, something like that. Yeah,
1: I mean, the action sequences were pretty cool yeah of in, course in, um, very well staged of, uh, of course because you know director of john wick and the first thing that came to mind when um the girlfriend died i was like oh is this the john wick dog plot <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know like <laughs> it's the same thing he, but they you know went a different way because it's not really about revenge
2: it's more about him trying to fill that hole in himself yeah with other yeah. people which is yeah. nice because there is um, despite all the snarkiness and and the jokes and stuff, there is a real streak of
1: there's sentimentality. A, yeah, like exactly. there's a real heart to it. Yeah, there is a heart to it.
2: Like uh, it's most sort of obvious to me in the scene at the end when he's like you know dying quotation yeah, marks yeah and uh, he's making all these jokes about uh, oh this is you know that's all exiting the husk like he's making a hundred <laughs> jokes but he says something to the kid which is something like you know. Those people who are abused, you like. There are people out there for you, and he really means it. Yeah. But it's just sort of buried underneath like a hundred million jokes. Yeah. But um, they even use the Logan death music.
1: That's hilarious. <laughs> I love that opening scene with the the, the toy. Logan toy.
2: Yeah, it's basically <laughs> like Logan because he has to protect a kid. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that was kind of unexpected. I was like, wow, this is really yeah. soon. Logan just sort of came out, and they're already. they're already savaging it i'm
1: loving the also the um uh mcu jokes you know where he um has to fight juggernaut oh yeah and he goes um the sun's coming down big guy that's right that's terrific (laughs) you know famously what um black widow says to um to calm the hulk down
2: yeah there was um there's also like one great bit where Deadpool just sort of says, I'm with the X-Men, a dated metaphor for racism in this from the sixties.
1: Yes, I love that. But the
2: ironic thing is, is that the X-Men and the Deadpool movies are like far more true to the X-Men than the yes. mainstream movies have How been.
1: shocking is that?
2: It's like it it's was, so strange.
1: It was also really cool to see them hanging around, like, at the school.
2: Yeah, like, that's what the comics are. Like, yeah. them hanging at the school. Yeah. And, and they completely don't have that. Yeah, going
1: out for adventures, coming back, and, yeah. you know, like...
2: And even the plot to, like, not save the world, but save this abused mutant. Yeah. That's way more of, like, an X-Men thing yeah. than, you know, what they've done in the movies, which is basically, like, Avengers stuff. Because, you know, they're they're a super team. They have to save the world in these movies. But this was, like, way more... Like true to the X Men, and I thought that was kind I of agree. amusing. Yeah. yeah, even the colorful costumes and like the, you know, the attitude of it is way they need to lean in this direction if they <laughs> make an X Men movies. Like stop with the black leather Brian yeah. Singer bullshit. They
1: make X Men look fun.
2: It's it's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be crazy fun, like crazy yeah. fun soap opera shit. Yeah, you know? that's what it is. And so Deadpool's on the right track for that. And uh, yeah, and it had this had more of that in the sequel than the first one. So that's like another reason why I like this kind of more than the first movie yeah but um yeah i was positive towards this this is good
1: what do you think <laughs> yeah it was good let's talk about the end credits stinger which is oh, the yes. best part yes. i think it's the best part of this movie that just should because- that could
2: be the movie itself just him time traveling and fucking
1: around with things i would i would watch uh, <laughs> a movie that is deadpool going back to trying like trying to kill Ryan Reynolds <laughs> before he does the Green Lantern movie. Is this some like
2: great Canadian thing? Because I feel like an American actor wouldn't do that Green Lantern joke at the end, like that kind of self-deprecating thing.
1: I yeah, I don't know, but I loved.
2: It. I was terrific. I, it was yeah. so good
1: when he killed um the fake Deadpool. Er, yeah, fake Deadpool <laughs> <laughs> uh, in X Men Origins. Yeah. Comp- the- yeah. I don't suppose Hugh Jackman was in that scene, right? Is it, no, just it just like edited. A, in,
2: yeah. yeah, it was straight a scene straight from X-Men Origins. Yeah. And uh, pumping him full of bullets was the right move. So was shooting Ryan Reynolds with the Green Lantern script. <laughs> I love this continuing thread of bashing Green Lantern in these movies. Like the first one had that dig about the suit not being animated. <laughs> that's
1: right, that's right.
2: <laughs> or do you think Ryan Reynolds got this far in his superior acting ability? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: I love it when he look. He looks at the script and he's like, "You're in the big leagues he's
2: now, boy!" Like he's like nearly crying with happiness, and then <laughs> blood just spraying on the page. It's so good. Yeah, his willingness to um take those shots at himself is really like a plus.
1: Yeah, if this is the product of Ryan Reynolds really fighting for Creative, this movie, yeah. then yeah, you know what? I'm okay with it.
2: Yeah, well, it's as much his thing as anybody's because yeah. he hired the writers for the first movie and. Yeah he's the reason that it even got released because he leaked that test footage. Yeah, that's right. So he has an ownership of this character that I think is, like, unprecedented. Maybe you know, compare maybe Robert Downey Jr. and Iron Man, but I think, you know...
1: You know who I think should direct the next Deadpool movie? Who? Um, Lord and Miller. That, was, that is great. That would be amazing. That's a
2: great... That's, like, a perfect fit. That, I know. That's almost too perfect.
1: Yeah, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> you can have this one for free, um... Whatever studio that owns Deadpool currently. <laughs> you know what
2: else is perfect about that? Yeah,
1: we can use that to segue into Solo.
2: Oh, it's that's right! That's the, it's right. The perfect segue into Solo. Um, A Star Wars story. Okay. Uh, so yeah, we'll we'll start with that. Um, obviously, they were fired months into making this. Yeah, this was Phil Lord and Chris Miller, right? Yes, yeah. uh,
1: directors of the Lego Movie, Twenty One and... Jump Street yeah. movies. Yeah. That's really it, right? Yes. Um,
2: well, they've done TV, but those are their movies. Yeah. So.
1: As we've covered this, uh, you know, in previous episodes, as with most uh, Star Wars-related properties, mm-hmm. um, some behind-the-scenes drama, because they were hired to direct a movie, they picked the cast, right? Yep. And um, th- they shot some scenes they already. Sh- or they had. Have we? They, they had a
2: month or. left before it was over. <laughs> So they, they essentially remade the whole movie when Ron Howard was brought on board. Right. Yes. And the main reason given for that is um, Phil Lord and Chris Miller weren't following Lawrence Kasdan's script. They were, doing right. their, they were doing their own thing and Lawrence Kasdan obviously took that to Kathleen Kennedy. Yes. And then, well, now the, sh- now the script was shot. So it's like, okay, for a movie to be reshot that far into production for the script, you'd think, wow, that's got to be a terrific script. That's gonna be the best script in the world If they're gonna fucking spend hundreds of millions of dollars Upend all that For the script
1: Wait okay And then there were also There were also rumors of um, Alden Einreich Yes Ironreich Aaron Reich Aaron Ehren, Ehren, Reich Aaron Reich are oh, like Alden Aaron Reich yes the rumors that he needed an acting coach to yeah. play Han solo yeah right yeah and that's really worrying but there were also rumors that he w- was also one of the people who went to Kathleen Kennedy to say yeah oh this movie doesn't look right well I think
2: like, because they wanted him to do because Phil Lord and Chris Miller do a lot of improv, yes. right and he maybe he's not like an improv actor and he's like I didn't I didn't sign on to do improv right well I can't I can't and he probably froze or something right I see so that's why I think there were rumors of his like bad performance
1: oh because he wasn't given a script
2: he didn't have a script (laughs) he was supposed (laughs) he didn't have the script so he didn't know what he was doing and he's the lead of the movie and this is his big break so it's like what
1: I actually don't yeah I do not think that he would be a good improviser no, because who yeah. did he? So he worked under the Cohen brothers in his movie before this. Yes, uh, uh, in um. C- hail, hail Caesar. Hail Caesar, and he was brilliant in it. But I, I assume the Cohen brothers, who write and direct their movies, are for their you know funny meticulous yeah, yeah. with how they want the scene to go. Absolutely. So I think Alden Ironreich works really well when he's given good direction and specificity. Yeah. But maybe, of course, he's not a comedic performer, really. Say your line exactly as I'm about to. Just as I'm about to do. Sure. Okay. With the detour so simple?
2: Would the detwe so simple... Would the detwe so simple? Would the detwe so simple...
1: My dear boy, why do you say
2: that? Why do you say twer... Will um, you
1: say say it like I said? it? Y- y- yes. But- would the detwe so, s- so simple... Would the detwe so simple? Would the detwe so simple... Would that
2: <laughs> det- Would the detwe so simple? Watch my mouth. Would the detwe so simple? Would the detwe so simple... Keep your head still. Would the detwe so simple? Would the detwe so simple? Would the detwe so
1: simple? I'm trying to say that, Mr. Lawrence. Lawrence? hmm? I thought... A minute ago it was L- Laurent. No, we can use Christian names, my good dear boy. Lawrence is fine, just as I call you Hobie. Okay. So would
2: the detour so simple? Would
1: the detour so understand that? Detour... Would the detour so simple? Trippingly. Would the detour so simple? Trippingly. So simple? trippingly. No, don't say trippingly, say the line trippingly.
2: And um Amelia Clark was on the red carpet talking a bit about Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Mm-hmm. And she was told, My direction was like play it more femme fatale. And that's not direction. Like that's what she said
1: she said that she
2: said that yeah like yeah so I think I think it's just the wrong people work together <laughs> like,
1: I, I, I think so too I feel like, like I feel like the only person who would have like flourished under that directing is of course Childish Gambino aka Donald Glover. Yeah, cause because community and yeah.
2: he's he's a stand-up comedian and yes. a writer and stuff like that. So I, I think, think that'd be fine.
1: Yeah, I think he would have been fine yeah. under their direction if that's you know if that's the case where the main problem is they over rely on improv- improvisation. That's it. That's the word. <laughs> <There you laughs> but um, so anyway, yeah. so they I guess they
2: got Ron Howard on board to bring the film in, fix it, and get it done by May. <laughs> Why did they have to release this on May? Like they literally owned December and now there's this movie coming out like months just a few you know, months so after the last one. This Jedi. is a bomb. It is underperforming big time. Yeah, it, yeah.
1: it's not a success. No.
2: Be- no one by really any stretch No of- one really wanted this in the first place.
1: Yeah. No it, one was asking for
2: it. No one wanted to know about like Han Solo's past because there yeah. was he, the mystery sort of enhanced the character because it's like you just assume he did these cool things and you don't need to see it but now you've seen it and you see it like sort of executed in this like very straightforward way
1: we'll talk about yeah we'll talk about the key you know the key explanations or backstory or reveals that I you know I guess we're there but you you were never wondering about like like his name yeah it's hmm, why is Han Solo's name Solo last name Solo yeah no one no one questioned that at all like nobody
2: but it, like, it sort of doesn't even make sense because he, it's given to him by an imperial guy. And, like, now he keeps that name? Yeah.
1: Why does he keep that name? <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he gave it to him so casually.
2: Yeah, it was just thrown on him. And he
1: just took ownership, like, hey, yeah, that sounds cool.
2: Yeah, but um, I will say, I think, other than the execution and the idea that nobody, I don't want a Han Solo movie and nobody wants a Han Solo movie, is that this is the first Star Wars movie where it's not driven by, like, a compelling kind of mystery. Like, yes. the original trilogy had that revelation that Darth Vader is Luke's father. So, it 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 becomes, is he going to, like, save his dad or is he going to have to kill his dad? Right. And then right. the prequel trilogy, as terrible as it was, had that question of, how did this, like, good kid become, like, Space Hitler? Yeah and the force awakens obviously it's like you know, no one's seen star wars movie in a decade and like they they hyped up this question was where's luke skywalker
0: mm. he's
2: not on the post, not on the trailer where is he now what's he doing and then the last jedi obviously had who is luke skywalker and rogue one had can star wars do anything outside of the force and the jedi and all that kind of stuff yeah. which was you know interesting enough for like its first a spin-off but this solo movie doesn't have any well, kind of conceit that's like interesting. Well,
1: I suppose the question is, which uh, yes, I agree with you, not interesting. But the yeah. question is, how did Han Solo become Han Solo that we know and love? Yeah, like, that's really the essential question of the movie. Yeah, which but I it's don't not interesting. The movie. Yeah, totally and answer. it doesn't. Um, it doesn't make.
2: It doesn't answer it in a way that really makes sense. Yeah. Because I guess they, I could see the idea, and I mentioned this in my review, of, like, they want to start him off of, as this, like, pretty good-hearted person, and then they want to inch him towards a more cold-blooded person. Yeah. But it's, it's very thin, like, and, like, what it hangs on is this, like, romance between him and Amelia Clark's character.
1: Yeah, which, while semi-interesting, is, at the end of the day, you know, the stakes aren't that high just because you know that his endgame is Leia... Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. like that, the, yeah. the tension, or, like, you know, the possibilities or the tension is totally like seeped out of the movie because you're like, who's this girl? But they could have, um, I think they could have worked their way around that if they made them feel like a real couple. I I agree. And I think this was a movie that if you want to go with this premise, Amelia Clark should have been a secondary protagonist. Yeah. To really make this movie work, to yeah. really make, you know obviously the through line of the movie is okay you know he's betrayed by someone that he loves and that makes him jaded and cynical but we don't fully like buy that at the end and well, it's because he... we don't yeah. really buy amelia um, clark as a character completely completely like i think the potential of a character is there it's interesting yeah i think yeah i think but with the execution you're just like it's very telling that you know amelia Clark's direction was play more femme patel because that was that's not much her... else yeah
2: to her and um it's just does han solo even realize he was betrayed at the end because yeah. i feel like he just leaves the scene and forgets <laughs> about her yeah
1: he was just like Oh, okay.
2: (laughs) Like, he should be, like, broken-hearted or something, but instead there's a scene of a little rebel kid saying, you should be a rebel, and he's like, nah. And, like, and then he's with Chewie at the end, and they're going off on their next adventure, and I'm like, hang on, like, do you realize, like, what's happened? And
1: the next, the next adventure being They were going to, like, Boba Fett, right? Oh,
2: Jabba the Hutt, yeah uh, a, a job for Jabba the Hutt Which I could have done without some that gangster too, On Tatooine And I'm like, I wonder right. who it is This <laughs> fucking galaxy is so small <laughs> Like, Tatooine is not a planet, it's a neighborhood
1: But it's so... so- it feels too soon Doesn't it Like for the movie To go that direction That Well I,
2: I assume He would be working With Jabba For like for a, a couple of years Okay okay Which but It's still The problem with this movie Is that it's like very The structure is very PowerPoint-ish Yeah It's like Here's how Han Solo Got his name Oh here's where he grew up Oh this is the time He was with the Empire Oh here's when he's Hooking up with some bandits <laughs> Oh no Here's doing the Coastal run now Oh here's how he met Chewie Here's how he met Lando Yeah It's a lot of and then and then and then and then and It is i yeah. don't know what the like the story is really it just feels like a bunch of like competently connected scenarios yeah. like i understand what's going on but i don't know what the emotional core is supposed to be yeah you know what i mean
1: yeah i look i enjoyed the movie you know oh, it was it's not it's not bad to watch yeah, it's, it's like it, a
2: decent action like you space said, it, movie yeah
1: it, you know like you said it was competently put together ron how you know ron howard is Uh, good for a reason, they got him for a good reason, which is he coherently put together a plot that, you know, um, took us to, you know, point A to point B.
2: I mean, look how wrong it can go when it's, like, a Justice League. Yeah, And this is not that, like, kind of situation. And
1: I think it's actually more coherent as a movie... Like, the the characters are more coherent than the characters in Rogue One are. Yes, that's due to the writing. But it's because... It's not really that ambitious in what they want the characters to be. Yeah, like the characters are very because it's also a heist movie, a very like kind of simplistic. It's basically two heist movies put together. Yeah, and in a heist movie, all you need are you don't really need you know three dimensional characters. You just need like cool gimmicky characters to see them interplay with each and other and put them
0: in tight situations. Yeah, yeah. and
1: which is um, I think works to To keep us engaged at at a minimal level throughout the movie, and you know it was fine yeah yeah. But there's a lot of wasted opportunity in here, especially with his first crew, Mm. who were killed off in seconds, like Deadpool two. It was like X Force, Force, but with played straight. Yeah, played straight. Yeah, which is kind of, frankly, quite annoying because you have. Thandie Newton. Yeah. You know, what a place Who Maeve in Westworld. What a fucking what waste. What a waste of a character. When
2: she like blew herself up, my mouth was like, I can't believe you just threw <laughs> that character you introduced 10 seconds away yeah. like that, who's on the fucking poster. Yeah. And who's Thandie Newton. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's I, when it started losing me like I, that I was baffled. job.
1: I mean, I like that they had the balls to kill off, you know, characters that people could potentially like. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> but um it it just makes you rethink like, oh, wh- okay, what is the focus of this movie?
2: That's exactly right. Yeah. And
1: and then you're like, oh, okay, you know, you it doesn't quite settle on on anything, really.
2: I don't think it knows what it wants to be because it's like sort of self-contained. Yeah. And then at the end there's Darth Maul like yeah. Who's revealed to be the main bad guy. Who's
1: thrown in there. I think it's like, you know, Rogue One had that amazing... Darth Vader. Darth Vader scene, you know. But that they, was they imbued been...
2: into the film properly.
1: Exactly. So I think... And also executed in a bone-chilling, like, oh, yeah. perfect way.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And I think this... Uh, in this case, they took the wrong lesson from that movie. Yeah, you know, Because I, I, they, I think, you know, they heard oh, everyone's talking about a Darth Vader scene. We have to have that similar element with this, uh, you know, a Star Wars story. But, you know, Darth Vader plot. did
2: stuff in that scene. Yeah, exactly. That's what people were talking about. You can't just have him show up in a hologram and, and I, expect people to be excited.
1: I grew up with the prequels, right? I love Darth Maul. He is mm. the uh, His iteration, you know, in the original, well, yeah, in the original movie is actually scarier to me than Darth Vader ever was interesting because he's this kind of menacing <laughs> yeah. silent like this menacing silent killing machine yeah, yeah. whereas Darth Vader looks like a robot you know yeah, what i mean yeah, and, yeah. and this creature or human
2: satanically looking yeah,
1: thing he, like there's a deeper darkness in him instantly memorable yeah that's not oh he's a cold hearted um, machine yeah it's because he's like fully organic and he looks demonic and and silent
2: yeah The design is perfect without question, except there's just no character there. But the Clone Wars animated series did give him a character and all this mythology and stuff. Yeah. So I assume they're sort of carrying on from the Clone Wars stuff and putting it at the end of Solo. Because if you go by the movies, it makes no fucking sense whatsoever. It's pretty
1: dumb. And also, he started talking in this scene. Mm-hmm. And it really deflated this character. For Could, me. Yeah,
2: the the point <laughs> is, he's supposed to be the silent assassin.
1: Not only is he supposed to be the silent assassin, he also seemed like a
2: hired words.
1: gun. Yeah, you know, in the in the original, yeah, he seemed like someone who will do whatever it takes and gets the job done. Yeah, right. Pure malevolence. Yeah, and this one suddenly he is promoted into this kind of. Mob boss role and it doesn't fit at all. Why is this the guy who does his own dirty work? I can't picture him with a teen,
2: yeah, neither can I. Like, I I mean, I don't don't know why he's decided to be like, is it because he has nothing to do? Like, and he's just (laughs) like, well, I might as well. Why not? It's adjacent, it's Sith adjacent. um, (laughs) I'm doing bad things, and so you're just kind of like wondering what's going on, and it's like, it's just uh, annoying because it's like they're trying to set. This up for a sequel? Because she just goes yeah. off with him at the it end. Makes,
1: it makes no sense because you're like, why are they setting this up like it's a story that will be continued? Like
2: it's a part one. Yeah. It was so weird. It was odd. I, I thought the point of the spin-offs were to be one-offs. Yeah. Not episodic like yeah. the episodes are. So it goes to this question of what are they like doing with... What's their plan? I don't really know. I,
1: I'm actually glad that this movie is not doing well me too i think i don't want more of this I, I was worried about you know whether or not um this movie was good it's it was going to be popular anyway just because hey it's han solo but i like that it's not doing well because it's now going to force it's going to force disney to rethink mm-hmm. what they're what the hell they're doing with these uh spin-offs
2: well you can't just like milk everything because Harrison Ford is so inextricably linked to Han Solo. Yeah. Like, he wrote, like, a lot of Han Solo's lines and stuff like that as well. Yeah, right. And, you know, he has a a presence that you can't just find in anybody, you know? Yeah. And so he's... You, you could have, like, this guy who... They made him look like Han Solo, like, the costuming and the hair and all that stuff. Like, he yeah. does look like a young Harrison Ford. Yeah. And, and he's not bad.
1: Yeah. Alden... Iron uh, Reich does a solid job at pro- portraying him. Yeah, you know, like he has the when he speaks. Sometimes you can tell, like, oh, this is my Han Solo moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And Especially when he's with Lando. Yeah, exactly. That stuff was so, well done. He's serviceable. Yeah, he's but, solid.
2: You know, but that's just not good enough, unfortunately. No. And you can't just. But the Catch Twenty Two is you can't actually do it. But yeah. they did it, so it's like this compromised at best sort of idea
1: yeah it really um relied on the ensemble to kind of support han solo as a character in this movie
2: totally which is weird because it's yeah like, isn't this supposed to be like a character driven movie
1: i'm just wondering maybe han solo just doesn't work you know on his own
2: he doesn't he he was always meant to be like the cool supporting character yeah he's
1: a good foil to luke yeah and and they, you know, they can't really exist without one another. He's, he's a good foil to Luke. He's and a good Leia. foil to Leia. Yeah, exactly. And without those two characters to play off of, he seems very, like, unfocused. Like, he, he seems very, like, with good reason, right? Because yeah. this movie knows, it's as if this movie knows that he's going to get somewhere eventually. Yeah. And so the movie's holding out on us. Yeah, yeah. There are great moments when he first, you know, they first see the uh, Millennium Falcon. Yeah. That I think Millennium Falcon y score plays. Yes, the theme. Right. Okay. So it feels like a weird foreshadowing movie. And there's also (laughs) things that we've already seen.
2: (laughs) Well, sometimes it sort of accidentally kind of um, touches you, like when he's piloting the Falcon for the first time and then Chewie finally shows up. And like Alden Ironright looks at Chewie, and, he, and, he, and the look instantly kind of says, "Yep, this is right," and <laughs> yeah. you know what's right too. And it was it was kind of like a beautiful little moment. I
1: love that moment between Chewie and Han, but how they led to that moment was was kind of awkward because you've already, I guess, established that Amelia Clark is like also a pilot of some sorts. Yeah, yeah. And then suddenly she's just going to realize, oh, yeah, hey, Chewie, you sit here. Yeah, that, that didn't make sense from her I perspective. I guess they they did, you know, kind of try to have it make sense, which is, oh, she's too short to touch the buttons on oh, top all right. or something? Oh, right, okay, yeah, yeah. But it's just like, well, this... Ship is designed for <laughs> Lando, yeah. so you know he's not big. Like what? I, it just it made no sense, and it was very awkward. Like that transition between her and Chewie yeah, that was awkward, was awkward yeah. because you know that the reason why they did that is to engineer this moment between Chewie and Han, where it's like, "Hey, look at us. We're gonna be flying this ship forever."
2: Han can only have <laughs> one lover at a time. Yeah, that's what that scene told yes. me. That shower scene was pretty funny as well. Yeah. But I really, what I fucking fundamentally disliked one aspect, and I'll, I'm curious to see what you think yeah. on this because I have no idea. That L7 robot, yeah. L37 Lando's robot. Yeah. Oh lord, like that was that was giant miss. That was. Awful. I think
1: at the beginning. Yeah. Um, I, I, I was on board. It was funny. Like, it was... Yeah. The jokes are funny. I like that she's kind of sanctioned. Yeah. And, and I love that line where it was implied that she might hook up with um, I thought that was, that was too bizarre. Do I you, liked it. Do you know... I, I um, liked how she acted, which is kind of like, uh-uh, girlfriend. Yeah, I don't know. I hated it. Like, oh, do you know okay. what it reminded me of? Um, Everyone
2: yeah. got upset in The Last Jedi when Luke was drinking milk from that sea cow. Yeah. And I'm thinking... Why are people fucking so upset about this? Like, why? And <laughs> this moment when she's talking about like it works and all that stuff, yeah. and she she can have sex,
1: that like, ugh, like that <laughs> that that put me off big time. I I thought it was funny. I yeah, liked it. it was weird. You know why I liked it? It was one of the rare moments that the jokes were overtly jokes because this movie was like. It's very middling. It's okay, right? Yeah. The action was action-y, but not like inventive. No, it's a lot and of pew yeah as you'd d- expect. And the drama is of course highly mediocre. Oh yeah. And the jokes were like like, you know, you were like, uh oh, huh. But it wasn't funny. It wasn't all out funny. And I feel like this was one of the few times they really tried to go for like. Yeah, they did. An they were they, were, they were trying
2: to make her like a big personality. Because yeah. obviously, the K2SO droid from Rogue One was like a sassy, funny droid. And I think they were trying to replicate it here, but what if it was like a a feminist-type robot or something like that? I was like, oh, this is just (laughs) fucking miss. But, um, yeah, that's the only real bit of the film that kind of unnerved me because it goes worse (laughs) because they set up all this stuff with her trying to free the oppressed droids and stuff. And everyone kind of treats that like a joke. So it's like, I don't know what the state is. And all that for her to just her brain just end up in the Falcon. I was yeah. like, this is weird.
1: I I yeah. When I saw that happening, I was like, that was an nail in the I, coffin
2: for me for that droid right, stuff. Yeah, because
1: I I started. I that's when I started questioning. Not not when she's you know becoming part of the shit. I I was like, did I miss something from the Star Wars movies where. Maybe the Millennium Falcon has a personality of its own? Oh, home? yes,
2: there is a line, actually, believe it or not. Oh. It's um, it's in Empire. I can't believe I know this. It's in Empire when 3PO casually says to, they're, they're fixing the ship, and 3PO, obviously the dialect's communicator, he says to Han, so your uh, Millennium Falcon computer chip has the most peculiar dialect, like implying he's never talked to anything like it before i see so that's the only indication that the falcon has like some kind of weird personality or something like that
1: okay well
2: if this was (laughs) that to get to there it is kind of like i could have done without this too this is like the name Ugh.
1: sure yeah my main problem with that scene or like with that part of the story is that you know you build this thing this relationship up between lando and the robot yeah and then you know her death was so emotional to him, yeah and even her transplanting into the ship was so emotional and then he just gambles the ship away and then it's play it's played as like an a funny joke because uh, that's what obviously I mean. Han solo yeah. has to get the ship that's, but it was like, that's why well, it was so
2: bad to do that yeah like it just <laughs> didn't fit at all it was like ill-fitting puzzle pieces thrown together yeah and um also the fact that she got like Ripped apart, what did it happen? She like got ripped apart or like blasted to pieces or something. Yeah. In like Empire, that happens to 3PO and like they rebuild him. Yeah. Like they can just be re- they're fucking machines. Like exactly. they, they can just be remade. Exactly. But they're, they're going so hard to try and imply that droids have souls or f- they're like closer to actual beings or whatever that they have to give this sad droid death scene. Yeah. It worked in Rogue One when that droid died. Because you know they can't rebuild him because they're on the clock and it's a That's suicide right. mission. Yeah. Yeah. So they try and sort of repeat that here as well, but it makes no sense because he could rebuild her. Yeah. Uh, so it was it was just off. I don't know. Yeah,
1: I didn't feel emotional. Didn't care. Yeah, yeah. I didn't care. Um, as great as Lando is, as great as oh, he was. Uh, um, yeah, Donald he was good. Glover. I think he's the best. He's um, the best actor by far in this. Yeah, like he really enjoyed the role. I think he did Lando right. He interpreted it in a way that was really enjoyable for everyone watching yeah even when han when han solo felt like han solo i didn't really get pleasure out of recognizing that if that makes sense
2: no i know what you mean it never felt like he owned the screen yeah like harrison ford did
1: yeah and but with that with donald glover
2: he's the han solo of this movie
1: yeah he is
2: like from the original trilogy yeah that just shows you can't have han solo as a leading man
1: yeah, you have definitely. to have him played
2: by leading man, but he <laughs> can't be the leading man. Exactly, that's the secret to Han Solo, <laughs> and I'm just baffled that they still went ahead and tried to make it. Yeah, but um,
1: um, I saw it with Keaton, who was a guest on our It episode. Yes, and I saw it with Matt, who was uh, uh, a guest in our Westworld episode, and um, I think it was Keaton. He mentioned that, oh, this is this felt like. Guardians of the Galaxy. I didn't get that at all. You know, he has a father figure, and he you know, has a self-made family. You know, it, Woody Harrelson was like the Yondu character. Oh, kind of. Like, I could see that aspect as well. of it.
2: Yeah, yeah. Like a really bland Yondu. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's
1: what I mean. Like it's it was a bland version of Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, no, no that's you that's know, that's an interesting cause, point. Cuz cuz you've got It's um, like if had all the colors sucked out of yeah, it literally cuz yeah. this is a dreary... It's <laughs> a pale imitation of that because you know you've also got Amelia Clark playing the kind of Gamora type role as yeah, well. Yeah,
2: like like femme Fatale yeah. dangerous girl. Yeah. Um what do you think of Paul Bettany as Scarface?
1: Really good. Quite good. Uh, he, he's this, actually kind of menacing. He's much better in this role. Uh, than he was in, you know, as Vision in the Avengers stuff.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. And, he, he, and he's a, like, last-minute addition to the film as was well. Was he? It was going to be played by Omar I... from The Wire.
1: Re- Whoa, what? But he
2: couldn't come back for reshoots because he was doing something else. <laughs> what? So they got Paul Bettany, yeah, for the last interesting. minute. Interesting,
1: that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Because I think he actually works really well as a villain in this totally. movie.
2: yeah. He's, he's- such a... He's like a... You love to hate him villain. Like, he's such yeah. a cr- creep and an asshole. Yeah. He played it really well. Yeah,
1: and like, you know, go figure. Like, an original character was the, one of the more interesting characters in the movie. Yeah,
2: he's definitely like a type. Like, he's, you know, mob yeah. boss. But he but um, was fun. He was good, yeah. Like,
1: he, the scenes that he shared with the other characters were fun. Like, were exciting.
2: He used... I think they used him, like, sparingly. Yeah. So, they used him just right.
1: Yeah, and also amelia clark's character you know even though she's supposed to represent like you know that femme fatale archetype yeah they actually tried to inject some nuance into this character which i wish were explored further which is you know her need for survival and her inability to get past her inability to get on board with han solo's a philosophy or way of life of just winging it and just yeah. you know explore the different possibilities yeah she's a kind of character that needs you feel that she needs structure even if the structure is oppressive that's why she needs to feel yeah. safe and the only way that she feels safe is within a system that she knows she can abide by and and play yeah that's an interesting character arc mm. And, and you know at the end when she couldn't decide like when she chose to when she had the choice to be free she chose the system yeah and be uh, quote unquote safe and survive yeah that should have been a very interesting and uh, dramatic character choice but yeah. because she's not the main character of this movie a lot of it gets underdeveloped it's a great idea yeah but the execution is a bit jarring
2: yeah yeah it's like, she's too much of an enigma to track as, yeah. well, as well, I thought. Yeah. But um, I thought Amelia Clark was better in this than she was in, like, Terminator. Genesis, Genesis yeah. yeah. She was fine in, she's in okay. this. She was okay. Yeah, she was yeah. okay. Chewie you know,
1: was great in this as well.
2: Oh, yeah, Chewie, <laughs> Chewie stole the show. Yeah. I can't believe Chewie ate people. That, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> right. He's like, I mean, I guess it makes sense because he's like a bear, isn't he? Yeah. He's a Wookiee, but he, you know. Yeah. So that was um, and he ripped someone's arm off. That was a nice scene. That was cool, yeah, that was cool. It was good to see Chewie like kicking ass. <laughs> yeah, and there's a terrific bit where um Han Solid does the Kessel run. It almost makes the Kessel Run scene worth it actually. And he says, "Yeah, I did that in um something something 12 parsecs, and then chewie like rebuts to him, and then Han Solid's like, "Yeah, but if you round down, uh, yeah. it's 12 <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. So
2: you find out he was just exaggerating. kind of exaggerating. exaggerating. Which you kind of suspected already, but yeah. it was still funny to see it play out like yes.
1: that. Yeah, I agree that it makes it worth the quote-unquote explanation or reveal of how he actually did the yeah. castle run. Yeah. Just because it maintains that sense of playfulness and like that sense of, um, I guess, cheekiness with... And then he talks a big game, exactly. which is very like in yeah, his character, his boastfulness. Yeah, you know? yeah. Because uh, up until that point, you know, when he says, "Well, I did that," you're just like, "Oh, okay." You deflated the, the the kind of fun about his boast. Yeah, yeah. Which was, you know, we don't know if he did it. Yeah, we, exactly. Know, like, we yeah. Don't, he's saying it, but who knows?
2: So the Chewie, you know, correcting him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> off screen was pretty funny. Yeah, it was good. And uh, the last shot where like. Uh, he says to Chewie, "Hey, what have I ever let us wrong, pal?" And Chewie gives him this like, "Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> After what we've all been through, you're saying that?" Yeah. So it kind of made me think. I wish it was just more Chewie and Han stuff. Yeah. It just got
1: teased. It's like, guys, are you serious with this? Yeah. Of course, this should have been a Chewie and Han Han love story. Like,
2: get rid of the Woody Harrelson yeah. and the
1: crew. What thing. was that? Like, make, maybe make that a whole movie. Yeah, you know, like, cause it just makes no sense. You can either, I think, you should either have Chewie or Amelia Clark.
2: Yeah, because they're different stories. Yeah,
1: what annoyed me was, yes, Chewie is you know, is essentially an animal type like a, character yeah, yeah. that can't convey a lot of depth when it comes to emotions, etc. Yeah, yeah. So he always gets a short drift. Yeah, and in all of these movies. Even in the last Jedi, when Han dies, Leia, for some inconceivable reason, hugs Rey, a stranger. Yeah, that was
2: just poor direction.
1: (laughs) And Chewie walks past. In frame. In frame. It that boggles my mind. Like I, I I can't believe nobody caught that. Yeah, and it's just that's that sucks for Chewie as a character to be get to get shafted like that. Yeah. And then you go ahead and imply that they they were the best of friends and they had the strongest bro relationship, you know? Yeah, yeah. And this movie like fed into that idea once again and it's just kind of... Amila Kluck is the more important focal character in Han's life than Chewie
2: well that's that's the thing about this movie you gotta it's so contrived like you gotta give him the sexy love interest <laughs> plot the more conventional sort of thing yeah which is what that ultimately felt like and it, it uh,
1: should have been yeah. a buddy cop comedy kind of thing with should have Yeah. And,
2: they were torn um, they were torn between doing a character centric film and doing like a big epic Star Wars movie where you have to spend like 200 million dollars on like all all this shit so I think they announced the um Boba Fett movie, right? Like as another spin-off with Logan director James Mangold. So just just hypothetically if that does get made and everything like that,
1: I think... Are you going to pitch your idea? This is my idea. This is (laughs)
2: what I'd like to see. I don't want to know anything about how Boba Fett got his armor or training or any of that shit. Leave that out. What you should do is do a situation where it's like the fugitive so you've got like these prisoners yeah. escaping a convoy yeah. and Boba Fett is hired to track them down Yeah. so you do it from the point of view of these prisoners and Boba Fett is like the predator or something like that and just do it as like a 60 million cheap movie you know <laughs> set in the Star Wars universe and you guarantee money back because you didn't spend that much because you don't need to and just Do something like, like, do, like, a simple but, like, sort of effective idea like that. Because this solo idea where they're, like, cramming in all these references and trying to milk that nostalgia fucking teat. And, you know, this obligatory thing of including every character. It just showed that, uh, I don't know what, like, the story is. I I don't know what this is except just to be like, oh, I know that. Oh, so that's how that happened. Oh. Oh, that bit now. Like, it feels like it's a movie... Like, it's a product of an age where people are learning, like, the wrong things from Marvel. That's just... Sort of, it's not, like, horrible. It's, it's not, not a DC movie. Yeah. But it's just... It's emblematic of the same kind of thinking where there's no real direction. So they're just, they're just throwing stuff together and leaving the door open for a sequel.
1: Yeah. Just like Rogue One, I think this felt like a movie cobbled together. Yeah. Um in a in a less infuriating way than Rogue One did but only because it really did not you know have high ambitions with this movie except to you know like clearly explain the the origins of these things that you've heard of yeah you know yeah
2: exactly that's all it was but uh you know Rogue One you know it has it has a lot of problems and stuff but it yeah. got me excited more often than than this one did
1: yeah i i prefer you know i did not like Rogue One like it infuriated me but I kind of um, like that at least I got that out like of Like some Rogue emotion, one. some yeah. strong emotion. At least I could kind of pick it apart and talk about, you know, what I didn't like about the movie with yeah. passion. Yeah. With this one, it was just like, oh, yeah, it was okay. Like, yeah. it was fine. But I'm not going to recommend it to anyone.
2: No, no, not at all. Like, and it's a shame because it's like they insist on doing these Star Wars movies once a year. And if they do like three fine movies in a row, I feel like that's just gonna kill the brand. Yeah. I think that's the worst thing you can do is just do these very safe, middle of the road movies.
1: Yeah, it's like guys, if you're going to do a spin off, don't add the main cast in that movie. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's yeah. dumb. Yeah. That's it- not a spin off. People are just going to assume that it's cut, like, it's the same thing. People are gonna expect the same like, scale of epicness I really, from that movie. I really
2: don't think they, they know what to do with the spin-offs. I honestly think I they think, have no idea.
1: I think they don't have the balls to do what they initially promised everyone, which is, it's going to be it's a standalone, it's going to be more experimental, and, and, you know, find ways to go away from convention. Yes. And yet, it's it's as if, like... The heart of the these directors want to challenge convention. The directors that they initially hire want to challenge convention, and, the and then get they cold get feet. cold feet, and they're yeah. like, "Oh shit, shit. Uh, this is actually not what we want." Yeah, and then they hire someone, uh, a conventional artist, to come and fix it.
2: It's kind of weird because the one that um had the least production sort of issues by far was the last jedi and that's the most divisive star wars movie ever made
1: that is why that's so ironic
2: <laughs> it's weird isn't yeah, it yeah i don't
1: i don't really understand <laughs> like they 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 were fine with pushing the envelope with
2: the episode movie yeah your but main the spin-off property. movie they were like no that's too far <laughs> it makes you think what the fuck were they doing where they're just constantly interfering and like fucking up schedules and putting, like, 200 more million dollars, <laughs> this movie will never make its money back. Like, they'll never admit what the budget... Really? <laughs> probably not, because think about it. Like, what the cost of that is insane to essentially redo the whole movie in a matter of months and yeah. a new director, probably a new some new people, all that stuff. The budget ballooned to, like, excessive, gargantuan amounts. The audacity
1: to set up a sequel...
0: The,
2: do, Guys. You, do you think they set up a sequel just because we've got to recoup our losses?
1: <laughs> we need we need more of this movie. Yeah, let's throw... Let's, throw. So so can let's we double throw down. Oh, okay, Darth Maul. Yeah, he's alive.
2: Yeah, just shove him in there. That felt like a reshoot. That honestly felt... Not a re, It's all reshot. Yeah. That felt like a last minute addition. Yeah. I felt like the original ending was just her going on the ship and leaving him. And that was it.
1: Yeah. And it, that would have felt... had the
2: emo- same emotional cadence. Yeah, That just felt like a little... Also, eastern. you
1: know what? I want to watch... This is the ca- another case of the, the, the trailer selling you something that you don't actually end up getting in the movie.
2: Like with what bit?
1: Um, the trailer in Han Solo yeah. is so exciting. It's really fun. And yeah. you're like, oh, this is just a straightforward heist movie. I'm down. Yeah, that's what you I'd think. I'd be down if this whole movie was Woody Harrelson putting, putting together a team. Yeah, the team includes um, Han Solo and uh, Chewbacca. Yeah, and they go and just steal some shit. Do and the that's train it. robbery? Yeah, yeah. That's what the movie I literally want, would seem like it was going to be. I want the train robbery to be the whole movie.
2: Yeah, that's what it should have been.
1: You can still keep this uh, Mad Max kind of characters in there. <laughs>
2: the marauder things.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. you was, can keep cool. them because yeah. I, I like. When when they revealed that it was they were children, yeah, but like when the main person, the main leader, was a child, yeah, I was like, wow, is this stakes in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, oh, I have to care about people's lives now.
2: That's um, that's actually one of the few things I liked about the movie, is that they yeah. they knew to have the Empire Rebel stuff in there, but yes. they backgrounded it a lot, yeah. So when it like sort of showed up again, you're like kind of reminded, wow, yeah, there is a big war going on yeah
1: i like those scenes i like these marauders yeah marauders it's a cool idea yeah it's a great idea i like that there's
2: these different rebel cells yeah and they're not like a unified alliance thing yeah i love that's what i like one of the few things i like about these spin-offs is that they're building that idea yeah is that some of the rebel factions are like almost like terrorist cells or something they
1: should get their own movie well, they kind of did that with
2: Rogue One, but they <laughs> they sort of half did it. Well,
1: yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Rogue One is at the end of the day is still an extension of the main Rebel base. Yeah, I feel like alliance. with these ones, they're more like yeah, like rogue terrorists. Well, that's... instead of a, 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 a like unified opposition.
2: Well, that's the thing I thought was so neat, but sort of annoyed that they skipped over in Rogue One was the idea that the main character grew up as like an insurgent yeah kind of person with this like nutty saw guerrera fella yeah and they seem to set that up at the very beginning and then they completely bypass that yeah yeah any of it no but i thought that could have been its movie you know yeah but uh i I do like that detail i think it's like pretty clever and it adds some like dimension to the conflict
1: yeah i agree i think um they're just real. like that's what this is that's what um you know it was a fine movie but what was disappointing was that you could see hints of a good movie in a very like emotionally satisfying movie yeah for sure in this um hodgepodge frankenstein monsters version of han solo's wikipedia page
2: it's kind of interesting because i i don't even know if this is supposed to be like a light more light-hearted movie or a really dark movie
1: that's the thing right it's like it's so tonally in the middle
2: that it's like sort of surprising because just by how it's shot it looks like really dreary like like yeah. dunkirk or something yes and the idea that amelia clark is like this guy's sex slave or some 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 weird shit like that yeah but then you've got like the jovial adventure rogue spirit to yes. it and it it feels so... I don't know, like, yeah. off. It
1: wants to be everything, but, yeah. it, it, but it ends up being nothing. It's
2: like the product of it being sort of all over the place, I yeah. guess. is just the weird tone. Like, especially the, the opening one, it's like an Oliver Twist story, and then he's like an Imperial grunt. Yeah, it, it's And Oliver it's like saving twist, right? Private Ryan yeah. in the next scene. Yes. And you're like... What? For a hot second. for a, Like, just a minute, yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. like, what? <laughs> like, yeah. what there, am I supposed to be feeling? There like,
1: was one scene where he was... In the trenches. Yeah, that's the scene. Yeah, which, which looked cool. It looked really cool. Love it, but uh, his sergeant or whatever walks by and he's like, "What are we doing?" And this is a funny joke-ish, and he says, "You know, saving the republic, saving the empire, or whatever." Yeah, like whatever he says. Yeah, and then he's like, "No, no, no. I mean, like, right now. What? What are we doing?" <laughs> yeah. But it's a good joke, but like logically. He should know what he's doing. Like yeah. this is a war zone, okay? Like he didn't
2: literally just transition to that scene like the yeah, edit showed e- exactly. us. Yeah. Exactly. It's like that's what some films some films do that sometimes. Have you noticed like yeah. the next edit shows a conversation carrying on which yeah. should have happened <laughs> yeah minutes ago.
1: Yeah, like all of a sudden characters are already driving. You can tell the characters are like halfway through their journey and they're like so where are we going? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like that kind well, of where stuff. are you driving to? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was weird. It, it, yeah, it took me out of the movie for a second because I was just like, what? Well, Keaton, why are you asking?
2: Yeah, that? Keaton was saying that Han Solo mentions in this movie that he got kicked out of pilot school for having a mind of his own or something. Yes. And it's like, why couldn't that be the movie?
1: Where like is- Top Gun with guys, Han Solo. where is the training montage? Yeah, where exactly. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> are you serious right now? Yeah. <laughs> we don't even get like the best pilot kind of... Where's the Mulan montage of this?
2: Yeah, I know. Like, they skip over the most, like, interesting connective tissue Like, yeah.
1: Like, that's literally the only thing that people would be interested in, which is, like, how did he become such a good pilot? Because that's, like, an actual take. Yeah. That's a direction.
2: (laughs) That's a direction for a movie to go in. This is 50 directions. (laughs) So it it goes nowhere, sort of, it feels like.
1: Uh, It's weird. It's just odd. I mean, look, the castle one was fine, and then the Cthulhu kind of creature was... Cool.
2: Cool design. Yeah. But the designs on these movies have never failed. Yeah. Exactly. It's always been amazing. I mean
1: it looks really good. Even the car chase, the Blade Runner esque car chase at the beginning. Yeah, it well, was look cool. fun.
2: Yeah, and the Karelian planet with like the industrial look and also the planet yeah. where they go to the spice mine to steal the fuel Yes. Very transportive. It's very um, you know, it's very Star Warsy in that way that's hard yeah. to sort of articulate, but you know it when you see it. That stuff and the costuming. Oh, Amelia Clark's costumes are fucking She's awesome. beautiful. <laughs> yeah It's like... <this> ridiculous. <laughs> it's my favorite um set was probably like the bad guys lair, like the club and the I see. office yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. Re- yeah, very nice.
1: My favorite outfit for <laughs> Amelia Clark was when I think that it's when they landed on the where the slave robots are. Yeah, and she's got and, the cape and stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's cool. Wow. Damn. Yeah. She has the potential to be such a, a, a badass character or, or even like a really cool, complex character. Yes. But yeah, they kind of squandered it.
2: They did, yeah. They
1: squandered the opportunity. It's just for because
2: that. for the entire middle, she's just sort of there but not doing anything
1: yeah i'm fine with her being like the crux for han solo's like, cynicism yeah that's what i thought that was kind I'm, of trying to i'm do. okay with that but you're not you didn't you didn't really build it up you know even their first meeting uh when they find each other again yeah it's
2: too soon like and, in a
1: narrative and Amelia clark's reaction was like casual as shit yeah like seeing your high school friend like friend at yeah. like a corporate function like Oh, hey! But was that up?
2: supposed to say she's changed a lot? You know, she's changed. <laughs> sure, sure. <okay. laughs> it's a thin. All right, it's a thin. You got reason. me there, Ron Howard, <laughs> director of A, a Beautiful Mind. <laughs> she's a. She's
0: changed,
2: and she can't act excited in public because you assume she's like a slave or something. Yeah. So, but I, I understand what you mean. It's emotionally not effective. Like yeah. you don't really feel it between them.
1: Yeah, on paper it could work. But, but they've, they've no chemistry it, really either. I felt like we don't get enough time. With them to to feel the chemistry. I liked the beginning, with you know when they were propelling against like towards something. I wish it would,
2: that was like a, a quiet scene between them, and then it led into a running scene, because to be introduced to them when they're on the run, literally, it felt too like wait what what. I like. Liked, too, I liked it. It felt too jarring. I don't know.
1: I like that they were on. I like. Uh, i liked it because oh wow since like we're having momentum from the get-go yeah but, it felt but like then fake momentum. it stopped and then you're like oh it's not that they were mindful of the m- momentum they just were putting things together <laughs> and this just happened to be a fast sequence <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> like, they just like cut clips together and yeah that was it yeah, so, yeah. Uh, okay i guess because it's the pacing of this movie is all over the place it
2: really is it's herky-jerky <laughs> yeah is a way to describe it
1: my favorite part i think of this movie is the train heist like yeah. i think everything in the lead up to that was pretty like i was like on board yeah and then the moment um mave or thandy newton's character dies and that monkey
2: yeah john favreau dies i was like
1: oh, what? Yeah, yeah. This is not the story? Yeah,
2: yeah. (laughs)
1: That's right, right? Like, you're like, oh, this is Well, I think
2: I kind of felt like that would happen because I was like, this is happening really early. Early, it was
1: early. Yeah.
2: had no impact. I mean, Tandy Newton was supposed to be Woody Harrelson's, like, you know, partner or something. Yeah. Seems like he doesn't care
1: that much. (laughs) He did care that one time when he screamed.
2: I guess, yeah. And then Um, it's like on to the next scene.
1: So Matt brought up this... uh, Exciting and ultimately disappointing idea. He mm. he said, "You know what, Dany Newton and Woody Harrelson should have switched places.
2: So Danny Newton lives and Woody yeah, Harrelson dies. Yeah, and
1: Dany Newton should have been that mentors, that kind Han. of mentor to Han to Han. Well, I yeah. think that would have been so exciting. Yeah, yeah.
2: Well, I didn't really get a sense of her character to know if that would be any good. Well, I think she's a better like." screen <laughs> presence than Woody Harrelson he's,
1: Woody Harrelson is really good but I've seen this character he's good he's lazy as shit in this I movie. have seen this character this man. is <laughs> the same he, he woke up like he, he's like oh am I still on the set of Hunger Games it was the exact no? same oh, character okay. just yeah. not as drunk <laughs> yeah Yeah. I think it, w- it could be cool just seeing from the scenes that we saw with Tandy Newton when you know she's the one that advises against Woody Harrelson to take them on board
2: that's right yeah and he,
1: he, she's like we don't want them they're incompetent yeah yeah and for him to die because of his mistake and for her to go I knew it but then, you know, for them to find some sort of redemption.
2: I feel like she would just shoot Han though. You know, <laughs> that, that would be her character. Or she'd just leave him. Like she'd have no reason to take That's him under true. her wing. That's true. But with how yeah. it was set up.
1: And anyway anyway, that I think like it would have been more fun with her. She was yeah,
2: she was definitely fucking thrown in the
1: garbage for sure in this. <laughs> I even like the monkey. I didn't mind the monkey. Then, like, New York cab driver (laughs) With, like, an alien with
2: six arms and stuff. Yeah. That monkey must be a hell of a pilot with, like, all those arms, right? Yeah. But, yeah. sad. I mean, it looked
1: cool with seeing him, like, taking control of the ship and Mm -hmm.
2: stuff. Yeah, I did like that. But, yeah. So, uh, overall, meh on this movie.
1: It it was fine. Like, I think I didn't walk out of the movie thinking I wasted my money.
2: Oh, did you see it at the ten dollars cinema? I did. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you have to see a really big shit, piece uh, of for, shit. To yeah. like, I want my
1: ten dollars back. <laughs> yeah, twenty. If I paid, if I had paid twenty bucks, look, it looked great. I mean, you know, I, I think I still really wouldn't good. have been too upset. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it was, you know, it was a visual um feast. Yeah. At least. No, that's true. Um. Even though you know it wasn't quite funny, it wasn't quite dramatic, it wasn't quite like it gave you like you know the fan service things, yeah. yeah, but only at a very base level as well. Like it's not full on fan service.
2: Well, they didn't really do anything that interesting with it. They just yeah. sort of had it present,
1: yeah. Uh, you know,
2: so um, yeah, no, this was. I mean, it's, it's disappointing. It's like the first Star Wars movie where I'm not jazzed about it at all it's definitely not the worst star wars movie ever made
1: yeah like disney probably got what they wanted which is they have an okay movie <laughs> you and know, it was
2: like, a, yeah released on time yeah you know
1: it wasn't improvised or whatever the problem was <laughs> so, well i i congrats. just i don't
2: know why they couldn't have just pushed it back to december and refined it more
1: I feel like it's probably because they're just hemorrhaging money already right? true that's a they're good like, idea oh, you know what let's just get yeah. this done let just, just get, get this out let's just out.
2: piss it out
1: right now the and... trailer looked really exciting I have to say it got me back on board well, the, with the movie you know they
2: have the best marketing money <laughs> you <Yeah. to> can buy <laughs> So they can make anything Well hey look Clearly not
1: Because no one's seeing this movie That's that's a good point <laughs> But I feel
2: like the stink around this was, was too bad And also because There's lots of other movies out right now Yeah Like sucking up the air Yeah a little like bit.
1: Deadpool
2: <laughs> It's It's sandwiched between Avengers, Deadpool And then Jurassic World And then Incredibles That's right It has like no room to breathe Yeah So it's That's interesting It's a little bit arrogant It is <laughs> To really yeah. Just because it's Star Wars yeah. Everyone will see it I mean, I can see them thinking that because literally all those movies have made over a billion dollars. <laughs> but, you know, this is hopefully the movie where, like, they, I don't know, they just think more carefully. They just carefully. start
1: to take stock of, like...
2: Yeah, like, maybe don't do one movie a year. Like, you don't need to release one Star Wars movie a year.
1: I Yeah, I think, you know what? Do a mini series. Do a Netflix miniseries. This would have been about... fine
2: as like a show. Yeah. This Yeah,
1: movie. I think so. I think if this were a show, you know, you could get that train sequence could have been three episodes. Yeah. And you can build up uh, Kira as a character more. Yeah. I think I would binge that shit.
2: I think it would have been better as a sh- It had a structure of like a season as, of television. Yeah. But just very compressed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know? Exactly. But... um.
1: Yeah, that would be a cool idea. I think they are getting someone to do a TV series, right? Yeah,
2: John Favreau the Monkey and Solo is actually doing a TV series. The Monkey is John Favreau, yeah.
1: Thing. Oh no! I did not realize. Yeah, that. yeah, that's John. Favre. Oh, of course, it sounds okay. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. I thought you said the monkey. The actual monkey. character is going to have his own series, <laughs> which I'm like, well, you the... know
2: what? I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> Check that out. Monkey with six arms. Yeah, <laughs> I have to see that. Yeah, but um, yeah, no. Um, so I guess John Favreau is doing his thing, and um, okay. they got the Game of Thrones guys to do something. their
1: own si- like own series like Like, game of thrones guys yeah like they're they're um getting them to do their own trilogy right yeah trilogy that's right yeah which is a lot lot, of vote of confidence it's a it's a huge vote of confidence i mean look they're great for adapting george r martin's amazing (laughs) material yeah but uh, but without one i'm okay sure okay what makes you think they're
2: the right fit for star wars outside of game of thrones is a huge hit like yeah. that just seems like a very broad. I mean, look, they must have had a good pitch for yeah a trilogy, yeah. I guess. But um, yeah, curious about that too. And yeah. if they do a Boba Fett movie in exactly the way I described it, <laughs> which they won't, but if they do something in that kind of vein, I think that would be cool. Just don't don't do the same thing where like you're like explaining Boba Fett's character. And like, yeah, right he, up until he likes, Empire or did something. Did you
1: know that, um, uh, Boba Fett is named that because he likes uh, bubbles? Is that is that yeah. right? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, it might have been, <laughs> but you're gonna see that in this movie.
2: <laughs> he just, see- what if he just sees it on a pluck or something and he has to like be undercover for a bit? <laughs> like, it would just be the same, but uh, yes. I think that's all we've got to say on Solo, right? Uh, yeah, I guess. Out, out of stuff. Um, It's okay. It's perfectly fine. I'm... It's okay. And you don't have to see it. <laughs> no, no, no. Don't even... Don't see it in cinemas. Just wait till it's on Netflix, which I assume a lot of people are doing. Cause well, I,
1: look, I guess if you're a hardcore Star Wars fan, you're going to see it anyway. That's if true. you're a casual movie goer who you know have seen some of the star wars movies and you're wondering if you should see this movie you don't have to no you're yeah not like you just anything. save some save money for the incredibles it's another disney movie just to give them <laughs> money for that one yeah that should
2: be good the incredible <laughs> yeah hopefully a bit better than this
1: so until next
0: time boy, boy. mandos avos mangoes. Man goes and plants those over mangroves to stand close with lampposts. The street name is now Angove. It's got a Zambos and a Tampos and a Nando's and a beautiful 60s house where that lad goes. House owned by a FIFO. Wife home. Pink flamingos, white gnomes, white bricks Painted rainbow by dreamcatchers, light tricks It's quite mellow, one child practises piano and the other cello Lawn clean but for a few leaves, some tennis rackets and some fruit trees The lad watches, bit of a moustache already at twelve He's got a rat's tail to tell and a rat's tail as well A bag so big on him it looks like a shell He's so Australian, so Australian, no mistaking him No one's taking him for part Arabian or dark Caucasian Working class kind of parents naming him a name like Braden or maybe Damien Actually, Stephen. Smith's his last. No Smith's in his past though. See, he's dark and stormy. Overcast. His best brother boy just hit rock bottom. Armed theft cops got him the irony was lost on him but that was armadale brother not sodom and steve is hardly even mount lawley's not even eden Stephen's proof we've all been heathen walking and talking and breathing it's the perfect place for thieving and a season after season no one's leaving to Stephen, he needs no better reason and the missionaries taught that one should never trust a snake but wasn't that the god that they said one should forsake there used to be a garden here What fruit did they partake in? He sees nothing as as fruitful As the money that they make 11.39 Our man is in Bitter thoughts Tannin skin A poster child A mannequin for crime and of sin Takes a mandarin On the 21st of August At around 11.40 Stephen Smith exited A crime scene in Mount Lawley